This is Self Work, and I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford. At Self Work, we'll discuss psychological and emotional issues common in today's world and what to do about them. I'm Dr. Margaret, and Self Work is a podcast dedicated to you taking just a few minutes today for your own self work. Hi, and welcome or welcome back to Self Work. I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford. I'm a clinical psychologist. I've been practicing in Fayetteville, Arkansas for 25 years now. I cannot believe that now that it's 2018. In this podcast, we're going to be looking at all kinds of diverse issues that are psychological or emotional in nature, and you're going to hear what a psychologist has to say about that. I'm trying to reach out to people who may be fascinated by these topics in general or may never even have considered walking through a therapist's door. So if you're either one of those, I hope today's topic will be interesting to you. We're going to talk today about procrastination, putting things off. There actually may be several causes of procrastination, and I think it's important to know what's underneath it in order to try to work with it. Because something is gaining precedence over a task getting done or an experience being explored. You're putting it off, like we said. It can be about shame, fear, bad habits, focus, avoidance, depression. It can't all be found in the same bag. And then we have our weekly email from a listener. That's a regular feature of self-work. This time it's someone with perfectly hidden depression that's coming forward for the first time. And what does that feel like? If you've listened to any of my episodes on perfectly hidden depression, you know that that is a syndrome of behaviors that I'm passionate about talking about that serve to hide painful emotions, anger, sadness, fear, and can be incredibly imprisoning. I have lots of episodes on it, 3, 4, 30, 31, 60. They all have perfectly hidden depression in the name. So if interested, you can look for them. But today, and of course I'll make the corny joke, we won't put it off, (laughs) we'll talk about procrastination. How many times have you had this conversation with one of your children? Hey, did you get that paper done? No, I didn't finish it yet. Or maybe with a spouse or a friend. Did you remember to call the doctor? Oh, yeah, but I couldn't find the number. These are conversations we have every day, sometimes with a child, sometimes with our partners, sometimes with ourselves. These conversations are about procrastination, putting something off today because you think you'll do it tomorrow or the next day or next week. As a therapist, watching people try to change things in their lives that may be very difficult to change, procrastination is often a part of the process. I see it every day. In fact, I've been procrastinating getting guests on this program because I'm nervous about it. This is something I know how to do now, and I'm like, oh, can I really do good interviews or edit them appropriately? So I've certainly got my own bag of things that I'm procrastinating. Now, sometimes procrastination isn't a huge problem. If someone looks at you and says, yeah, I didn't get to that, but the words are accompanied by a quick laugh, they're probably admitting to not being motivated to get an unpleasant or difficult thing done, kind of like my interviews. They may even be coming to me for help with this tendency. So usually fixing it isn't too hard. 
Basically, you inject a dose of self-reinforcement or reward, pairing the quote-unquote desired behavior, that sounds very psychology-y, with what's not so pleasurable can often do the trick. So what do I mean by that? I'll give you an example again from my own life. Years ago, I needed to study for the graduate record exam, or the GRE, and I'm not good at standardized tests, and I absolutely dreaded taking it again, but I needed to study. I had not done well the first time. I certainly had a score that was less than stellar. At the same time, I was also a huge All My Children and General Hospital fan. The tumultuous marriages and divorces of Erica Kane had long been an addiction. I stayed at home all day to watch Laura and Luke get married. And sure enough, I'd watched a long, black-haired hippie Haley get over her alcoholism, happily marry her actual husband, Mark, on the soap, and she became a blonde. (laughs) So I knew all the cast and characters of those two shows. I used that to conceive a plan for motivation. I made myself swear that I could watch one recorded episode for every hour I spent slaving over studying for the GRE. And it worked. I scored high enough to get into grad school, and the rest is history. But I have to tell you, I'm not a chronic procrastinator. So that kind of thing works with people who don't put things off chronically over and over again. Yet there are many people who are absolutely paralyzed by anxiety when triggered by things that for either a known or an unknown reason seem undoable, too hard too agonizing. Whatever decision needs to be made or perhaps a new behavior they desire, they cannot seem to move off square one. They don't say, I procrastinate and laugh. They say, I procrastinate, and the look on their face is desperation. Often they feel humiliated by how insignificant their fears seem. I don't know why I can't do this. Everybody can do this. So, guess what that is? Shame. They can't open their mail for fear that there will be bad news. They don't do the laundry or begin a paper for school because they don't know where to start. They don't go to a gym, not because they're overweight, but out of dread of not knowing how to work the machines. They think they're going to look silly. They can't order food at a McDonald's drive-thru because they're too anxious, worried they'll forget something. And shame increases exponentially every time they freeze. Now, you might think that procrastinators, that their lives aren't productive or successful, and that might be true, dependent on how many areas of their lives the procrastination affects. However, the four examples above are all from people I worked with, all who had great careers, wonderful families. What existed were pockets of anxiety, certain things that overwhelmed them. They might have a panic attack when trying to confront these things and might then develop panic about panic, meaning they needed and wanted to avoid that trigger for fear of panic returning. Panic about panic, in fact, is a very, very common problem. So let's talk for a bit about the underlying reasons for procrastination. First, it could be avoidance as in post-traumatic stress disorder. The first example was someone who had trouble with the IRS, the person who couldn't open their mail, due to not paying her taxes for several years. Her fear was completely connected with the emotional trauma that had caused. 
and she got re-triggered when official-looking envelopes arrived. She wasn't simply putting things off. It was avoidance of having anything to do with the IRS. She hadn't fought in a war, but for her, those couple of years had been highly traumatizing. PTSD is something we talk about as far as soldiers coming back from war, men and women who have fought, and they get easily aroused and are hypervigilant with all kinds of triggers. It's a very serious illness to have, yet there is good treatment for PTSD. I'll have a link in the show notes if you're interested in learning about PTSD and how much avoidance is part of it. So the second underlying reason could be attention deficit disorder. The field of ADD is immense, and frankly, I'm not an expert in it. But people with ADD or ADHD, attention deficit disorder or attention deficit hyperactive disorder, have a neurological difference that causes them to severely struggle with focus. The second example I gave about not being able to do the laundry easily was more about focus. Let's say you don't have a focusing issue. You don't have ADD or ADHD, and you see a pile of laundry. You immediately think, okay, I can sort it into colors or whites or towels and sheets. You use some kind of organizational strategy, right? But people with focusing problems get lost in that process, and they can develop severe problems due to it with self-worth. I've seen a vast difference in someone's sense of self-confidence and esteem after they begin taking medication for ADD or ADHD, whether it's a stimulant or they're actually non-stimulant medications now for ADD and ADHD that can be very helpful. So the third underlying reason for procrastination is one that might not be as evident. Could it be the consequence of helicopter or abusive parenting, or poor parenting in general. Let's take helicopter parenting first. If things were done for you as a child, or even as an adult child, you may never have learned how to organize your own thinking or prioritize your own choices. In fact, in helicopter parenting, you can come to understand, even if I don't do it, it still gets done. You may not have been allowed to make some mistakes and then find a way to make it better. That entire process while not all that pleasant sometimes, is the way we develop a sense of self-confidence. And kids with helicopter parents have to fight to get that experience. We talked about that some in an episode or two ago when a parent struggles to let go. So if you're more interested in that, then perhaps you can listen to, I believe it's 062. And then there's abuse. If you were abused in any way as a child, sexually, physically, emotionally, or heavily criticized, you could also develop a tendency to stay invisible. You fear calling attention to yourself, making a mistake, or looking like you don't know something. And so that can actually be very paralyzing as an adult, or obviously as a child. So if you had any kind of trauma, perhaps it didn't occur in your family, but you were bullied you didn't feel like you fit in, then you can develop strategies to try to stay invisible. And that can look like not making up your mind. The last underlying reason, could it be perfectionism, worry, self-doubt, basically anxiety? Years ago, one of my patients called procrastination insecure perfectionism. I've thought of that concept often, and I agree that that rings true in many cases. 
there's a diagnosis called generalized anxiety disorder. And it describes people who can feel very crippled with worry and anxiety, a sense of huge dread, and the tendency to have repeated visualizations of absolutely horrible things happening. Again, I will have a link to generalized anxiety disorder, so if any of that rings true for you, you can look at it. These folks overthink and overanalyze And that can lead to putting things off as they try to imagine every bad scenario that might occur if something or X happens. You can see where that time spent in trying to say, well, what could this happen? And this could happen and this could happen and this could happen. You wouldn't make a choice or you would be spending so much time just ruminating that you would put off getting anything done because you were too frightened. So these four underlying reasons for procrastination, I think it's very important to recognize them. Which of the four could be fueling procrastination? If it's about past trauma, then trauma-related work needs to occur, whether that's a technique called EMDR or some other kind of trauma work. I'll have EMDR's link in the show notes. If it's a focusing issue, then techniques like biofeedback or neurofeedback might be helpful. Or perhaps medication is a possibility. If it's a product of poor or abusive parenting, there may be an underlying depression that needs to be addressed. And then if it's mainly anxiety, then calming techniques such as mindfulness or meditation could be useful. Hypnosis is a possibility. I've actually used that frequently and it's very effective. Cognitive behavioral work where you challenge irrational thoughts can be helpful. And obviously regular exercise. In any of these four, there can be shame involved. You've put off doing something, and then you're very harsh and judgmental with yourself after you have. And even the shame as a result of the procrastination can be crippling. So guess what? We're back at shame. I know that the discussion of shame runs throughout so many of my podcasts because it's so important to confront, to have compassion for yourself, and then begin to unravel the how and why of your procrastination, then you can pick a specific technique or therapist who does that technique to help you. And you can feel and be the person that you believe that you can be. Our email from a listener today is very brutally honest. I need your help. I scored over 20 on your questionnaire before I stopped counting. That's the questionnaire for perfectly hidden depression. That is in episode three. Honestly, this terrifies me. I actually can't believe I'm, and then there's parenthesis, maybe in a parenthesis, going to send this. I'm the perfect description of PhD, but I really don't want to admit that. You probably already know that, LOL. Please reach out to me. Hopefully I can stay in this place long enough to accept help. It's hugely uncomfortable. It's a busy time of year if we don't start right away because this was written during the holidays. So here's my response. Good morning. If it helps, you are far from alone. Perhaps the best way I can help right now is to point you toward the other posts and podcasts on the subject. But it sounds like you found my website, drmargaretrutherford.com. The link to the podcast is below, and I have several episodes on the topic. I'm about to write even more specific guidelines in trying to heal in future posts as I've been doing research and reading for a book. Brene Brown's book, 
The Gift of Imperfection is a good start as well, and I'll have that link in your show notes. It takes courage to reach out. I well know how hard it is to confront a strategy that has kept you safe and stable for quite a long time, but it can also be a prison. Breathe. Take a moment to realize that if you do decide to try to change, to free yourself, it happens only one small step at a time. Thank you for contacting me. I'll be thinking of you. In fact, you're exactly who I'm trying to reach. Take very good care. I'm so touched when people write these emails to me and they come in on a fairly regular basis. And I did share the news in my email to her that I am writing a book on perfectly hidden depression. I'm so excited about it. And I'll have more news coming about it in the next few months. I won't talk your ear off about it. I promise that. (laughs) I want to thank you for listening to self-work. Procrastination is something that we often laugh about, but to many people, it is extremely shameful and paralyzing. So it can be a very serious topic. I want to thank those of you who've left ratings and reviews recently. You cannot know how motivating and special that is to me. Thank you so very much. And also you can subscribe either on my website, drmargaretrutherford.com, or wherever you listen, iTunes, Stitcher, And then I want to remind you, every few podcasts or so, I'll remind you that I do have a little gift book out there. It's called Marriage is Not for Chickens. And I call it a gift book because it's literally about 30, 35 pages long. It's based on a post I wrote almost four years ago now. And when it appeared in the Huffington Post, it earned over 200,000 likes and over 53,000 shares. So I made it into a little book and it's available on Amazon. $9.95, (laughs) but it's a great gift to give someone for an anniversary, to someone getting married, whatever. It's called Marriage is Not for Chickens. It's funny, poignant. I like it. (laughs) So thank you again for listening. Take very good care. I'm Dr. Margaret, and this has been Self Work. Self Work.